Hello and welcome to The Get, a podcast, YouTube channel, and Instagram community designed to give you everything you need to get the life you want. I'm your founder and co-host, Vix Raytano. This podcast is also co-hosted by Vanessa Cecchio of Bachata and Barbells. Together, we are two fierce founders, business coaches, and female entrepreneurs who know a thing or two about bootstrapping everything to get the life we want. We speak with female entrepreneurs in our Get Inspired Heard series, as well as share our own journeys of survival, thrival, and more. Join us on Instagram at the Get Podcast and learn more about how you can be on the show by visiting sixborough.agency backslash the Get Podcast. This podcast is produced by Sixborough Agency, the creative digital agency, content production house, and performance marketing company that I launched in 2015 in six weeks as a six-figure business. This podcast will feature a little bit of dirty language every now and again, so you may want to pop those headphones in as we get into it. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Get. I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Cecchio, and we will talk a little bit about non-traditional roles and how women can navigate them. And then we're going to get into what it means to barter. So let's call this to barter or not to barter. How are you, Sister Fran? I'm good. I'm feeling extra good after a nice loggish weekend in the Florida sun. Um, I finally have some tanness to my face and some color so I don't feel like a vampire anymore. Um, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm jealous. She is tan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love you today. I was like, this bitch. I'm sun kissed. <laughs> I was like, this bitch is sun kissed. Not okay. Um, that's okay. It's fine. She went with her husband instead of me, but that's fine. I'm, that's- I'm not not feeling formal or anything. Hey, work wife, we'll plan a trip. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So let's get into bartering first because that's what we were talking about. And I think it does flow into the non-traditional roles. So, you know, traditional roles, you work a nine to five, you collect your check, you get your 401k, blah, blah, blah. Don't make me vomit. Mm -hmm. Like, so not for me. Mm -hmm. We've been there Um, and it's not for us. (laughs) We tried it. We tried it. We succeeded at it. And then we said, bye-bye. So, but now let's talk about non-traditional roles. So people, I think, assume that when you work for yourself, your day is 25% photos for Instagram, 15% laying on the couch with your dog, and like 10% doing your work. And right. it's so not the case. No, no. And I, sometimes I always, uh, I struggle with this. Fiona thinks that's the case, obviously. Oh, well, apparently I have not laid with her. Apparently you're wrong, mom. <laughs> um Something that I have struggled with is the turnoff button because I feel like when you really enjoy what you do, it's sometimes hard to turn off. But then there's other times in the day where I think to myself, like, there are not enough hours in the day to do what I have to do because I want to do it. Not have to do it because I someone is telling me to do it. I have to do it because I want to do it. Um, and I feel like that the more you like dig into what you're doing and how much you enjoy doing the harder that balance can be and I don't know about you but my work-life balance always kind of goes like up and down a little bit it's never steady 
Oh yeah. It's a flow. It's never like, I, I often equate it to, so the Chrysler building is my favorite building in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, the very quick backstory of that is that when they were building the Chrysler and the Empire State Building, Chrysler was supposed to be the tallest building, but the Empire State Building spire was built inside and raised at the last minute. So the Chrysler Building was only the tallest, best building for such a short period of time, but it's mm-hmm. still a working building. Like it, it stands because it must, right? So it, it to me aligns with entrepreneurs who like, like one of my core values as a human being and as a business owner is that I find a creative solution to every problem. Mm-hmm. So that's like where that aligns, and. I always say that when I started my business, I jumped off the Chrysler building and I'm still building the plane on the way down, uh-huh. <laughs> which flows very nicely into work-life balance because, you know, I think it's bullshit. Like, I don't really think, I, I, I believe that there are three buckets of resources, time, money, and fulfillment. And I think that you have to flow between the three and all of the cups will never be full. At the same time. Yeah. And I feel like once, if you do feel like all three of those cups are full, then this cycle kind of starts over again. Right. Like it's like you get to the top and then you have to like kind of jump again or or like a roller coaster. Like you go all the way up to go all the way down. And like, I think the fulfillment one, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like we've been talking about it. I've been talking about it with other people. I think new decade just has people on this vibe, Aquarius season and like, mercury and retrograde retro shade coming for us like uh-huh. i think that all of that really has people feel in the feels and you know what what i i keep hearing as a common theme is like okay this is good but like like i'm making money i have the time but i don't feel fulfilled yeah. or you know i feel fulfilled but there's no not enough money or i'm making the time making the money feel fulfilled but like I have to sacrifice time. So one of the things that I'm really hyper-focused on is productivity mm-hmm. because I I am an extremely productive person. I know you are too. And I think that that's what makes me most frustrated and triggered when people make assumptions about like entrepreneurship. Like mm-hmm. you think I'm just sitting here waiting for you to fucking call me? No. Yeah. Like I'm not like washing my hair. Like some days I don't even shower still. And like that's not a good thing. So for the month of February, like as ridiculous as it sounds, that was my goal to maintain my morning practice no matter what, like, and, and for me, that meant that I had to get up an hour earlier. Right. Which and is that, a pain in the ass. And that's something that, um, from you has kind of like sparked and inspired something in me because I've talked about it with you. The The month of January was a shit show for me mentally. Mm. Um, and a lot of it comes back to boundaries and it comes back to like filling up my cup. And, you know, I've, I've realized that <clears throat> I, one of the things that I need to make more time for is myself and yeah. filling up so I could be full for my clients. And I've, toyed around, you know, I wake up at 5.20 every day because I have to be with, I have a 6 a.m. client every day, but now it's like, okay, maybe I can afford to wake up the 20 minutes earlier so I could spend those 20 minutes to myself. And, you know, it might be hard the first week. It might be annoying, but it's something that I think is important to think about and to do because when it comes to 
being an entrepreneur and being able to keep your shit together for everyone else, you have to think about you in the equation. A hundred percent. And that's something that I think we constantly have to remind ourselves as well as other entrepreneurs about, especially women, because women are so used to giving every fucking thing we have to other people. Right. And if, you know, I'm looking at that that sticker from the conversation we had, because I keep stickies on my computer. Uh-huh. You can't have an impact if you are not intact. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Vix does mantras. Like, I like that's, that. You know, I, I love some alliteration. Like, uh-huh. real because so, because we're witchy wordsmiths. Yes. Uh, but like that is what it is. If you and I used to think like this is I wrote this in my blog today and I'm saying it on air like I am I was wrong, which like my friends are probably recording. My like old friends are probably like she never says she's this wrong. bitch says she's wrong. Uh-huh. Right, right. Like Taurus says she's wrong. World turns on its axis. Uh-huh. Like moves at eleven. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I really thought that if I made the money, I would be fulfilled. And you and I have touched on this from an entrepreneurial perspective. But like I always just assumed, okay, once I hit XYZ salary, I will feel accomplished enough to open up other areas of my life. Uh And that's fucking bullshit. Like because it goes away and it or it comes and goes and comes in different ways and like, you know, that's where attaching your worth, like being an entrepreneur is hard because your worth is attached to the product you create. If mm-hmm. somebody has a shitty training session, I'm sure you initially are like, oh, how did, how could I be better? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not about you. It's about their willingness to push. Uh-huh. Like, just like with my clients, it's not a hundred percent about me. It's a, it's about their willingness to do the work for them, like to do their stuff too. Like if you have a product and if you have brown bananas and people don't want brown bananas, I can't sell them. Right. Like, yeah, you have to be willing to meet halfway with, if you are in, you know, if you're in a service or support industry and you are the client, the client has to be willing to meet halfway too. It's not going to always be the person who is creating that service or who is making that service happen. Like, no, like, and yeah. I, I like, I always thought like that I could be happy if I had the time I wanted time freedom and, and financial freedom. I thought that was enough. Mm-hmm. But then as you get more like spiritually evolved and you really helped me see this, like, because you have such a good, that's why I like having a business bestie who is on your level. Let me put that little asterisk there mm-hmm. is super important. Because it, like, we don't, we push each other without being pushy. Oh, yeah. We definitely, and I tell this to everyone who, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, so I see you're working a lot with Vix, like, blah, blah, blah. Explaining our partnership, one of the first things I always say is we see things differently. We don't agree right. on everything. And I think that is so important when it comes to working with people. And it's, it goes the same thing as clients. You don't have to agree with everything a client says, but you have to be able to see from their perspective and vice versa. I think, yeah, and I think what makes our partnerships, you know, between the get and the with VNV workshops that we do, mm-hmm. um, which we'll be talking more about later this week, yep, and yep, then we'll yep. be talking about a group program that we're doing. Stay tuned. Uh-huh. Um, we, 
have an, I mean, I have an immense respect for the way you do things. And I feel like because I respect you, I'm willing to like kind of see from your point of view. Yeah. And, and then it allows me to look at things in my life. Like, I don't think we do things the exact same way, but I, I find that like sometimes now I am much more interested in managing my own, like my life bucket better, my personal bucket, Mm -hmm. because I do want more in that arena. And like, I think you do a really good job of that, but it looks different for us, right? Like it looks different. Totally, totally. And you know, you've always made me, uh, I've never, I've been like a weird, big person, big picture type of person. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with like I've never really pictured myself in my future because of like mm. childhood things or whatever. Um, but you make me see things on a bigger picture, on a bigger perspective where it's like putting myself into a higher, bigger space. So that um, that helps me push myself. But going back to what you said, how we do things differently but kind of like the same, I think what it matters when – when it comes to service, like circling back to what we're talking about, it's having that yeah. mutual respect between client and between service provider or, um, you know, trainer and client or content creator and client, anything. It's that mutual respect. And sometimes when it comes to the whole bartering aspect or the whole, um, providing the service aspect that gets taken advantage of. And that line gets a little bit blurry. Right. And that's the problem with a non-traditional job. Yes. Because in a traditional job, I think that, you know, we, you have built in milestones, Mm -hmm. whereas like with entrepreneurship and service-based businesses, it's kind of just like, okay, I need general growth. Like your milestones almost get defined in the moment as you start to build your own thing. And it's much more flexible than like a standard corporate job. And that's what excites me about it. But I find sometimes that that is what triggers me because it is it makes people assume, well, you know, you're setting your own prices, so you could barter. And it has right. happened to me where, you know, older women – who are who really have absolutely no idea how to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So that means that my skill should be in extreme demand with them, but I'm not built like that. So just because you don't understand what I do, I'm not going to screw you. I'm going to actually take extra time even though I'm not charging you for the time to explain it to you. Right. You know what I mean? But I've had older women like and I say older because they were age older, but they mm-hmm. also like had been in their own business longer than I had when industry older. Correct. But, but also like actually older. Right. Age wise. Um, and you know, I do think that there is a big ageism problem out there because it was basically like, Oh, well you charge three fifty, I charge 400. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to know them better, they charge two fifty or 200 or 300 or whatever, but they just wanted to, in the situation that they were setting up with me, manipulate it so that they could get more val- more quote unquote of my time because they were providing me with quote unquote so much value. All mm-hmm. of it was bullshit. Like I had this one woman, her site went down and she had paid somebody to do the site. And then I spent two full days. So 16 hours, which for me is a, I mean, for anybody is a hell of a lot of money that I could have made. Yeah. And I like was doing my client projects at night and whatever. And I spent 16 hours like getting her site back up because she had a big TV appearance. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so grateful, blah, blah, blah. But like nothing ever came. Right. 
you know, and she was like, oh yeah, we'll barter. Like I'll give you, you know, and, and like she really didn't. And she, all she wanted to do was leverage my digital platform, my brand. You know, I had another entrepreneur life coach when I first started my business. So like January, 2016, I made her a conference in eight weeks. I made her $35,000 and she walked out on a $10,000 retainer that she owed me. Wow. And I did the whole conference for her uh-huh. to the point that she ran off with affiliate money and people were coming after me. And I finally had to send a letter from my attorney saying that I wasn't involved right. in that because I wasn't because I literally was like, I'm not going into her bank account. She stole time from me. She stole resources from me. Like, and I was paying for things for her. Like it was, that was awful. And it was a good lesson, but it was not my last lesson in this like bartering situation. So I have been very much burned by bartering. Mm -hmm. And I, I share this story kind of in a vulnerable way because like, I'm really good at money. I'm really good at business. But it doesn't mean that I am exempt from manipulation. Right. Right. Well, do you think, why do you think that happens? Like, where does the assumption come from? Where does the assumption that because someone is in a service-based industry, like, that people are allowed to do that? Do you think it's because in a traditional setting, like, boundaries are almost set for you? Like, when I think about back to, like, my corporate America job, even though they had no fucking boundaries where I worked, but it was traditional. Like, you got at your desk at 8 a.m., and you were Mm -hmm. out at 4. After that, you you know, no work existed outside, and that was, like, kind of the thing. But when you have your – when you make your own hours and you have your own business, it's kind of like a free-for-all until you set those boundaries. And – where, I don't know, where do you think that assumption of being able to push them or just completely annihilate them or not even have them comes from? Well, one of it, I think, is an outside factor. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, I'm, I'm quick to always champion the always on social media world that we live in, the, the very large community that we get to play in. But everything has a light and a dark. Mm-hmm. And the dark side even in just the last five years of being always on means that people think they can get you whenever they want. So like, you know, when we first started, because we both started working around the same time, but like when I was 21, like getting your work email on your phone required like basically a release. Yeah. (laughs) It was not like, oh, right. It wasn't, nothing was Gmail based. Like everything was tricky and like, iPhones had only just come out two years ago. Like when I, you know, when I had graduated college in 2010, iPhones came out like 2007. They were on the market 2008. Like they were not as pervasive as they are now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the first piece of this is like we have become trained to just be available. Like people feel like, well, you have your phone with you. And then the other part of that is because I am so prolific of a content creator with Instagram stories and like I have to do that for my business, people think, well, you're on your phone anyway. Right. I've literally had people say that to me. Well, I see you're on Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. I was away. And because for a long time when I first started my business, my business very much relies on my ability to like share information and share content as all of ours does. But like, I say that I'm a master content creator and I get paid to create content as myself for some brands. So like I actually have to do that. Right. 
Right. So, because if I, you know, it would be like, I mean, it sounds terrible, but it would be like you being like an overweight trainer and saying that you were very fit. Like, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said for being at least not like perfect body, but like, and, and you have to talk about that because I don't really, you know, as somebody who aspires to be, a, a, you know, in that space, like, I feel like I would want to feel like, okay, you know, I'm doing the work too. Like, even if I'm a body in progress, I would still want to be like, look, I'm doing it too. I'm not ever asking you to do something I wouldn't do. Right. Well, like, I- if you couldn't demo a workout, like how did, yeah, like that. So, cause that's the piece for me, I think that always kind of trips up my, like my clients is like, I was over promoting myself. And then I stopped for a while. Cause I got so many people being like, well, you're always available. You're always available. You're always av-. And I'm like, but I'm not like yeah. doing social media. doesn't mean I'm always available. Right. Yeah. I actually like had here a, at the gym. I, I was talking to uh, one of my clients this morning. I said like I was away this weekend. She's like, Oh, I didn't even realize you're away. I didn't post anything. And I was like, honestly, when it comes to my personal life, I don't really post anything because to me, social right. media is work. And right. it's something that I have to do. And when I try to go away, I try to be very distant from anything that has to do with work. But, you know, thinking about like the gym space. So uh, every trainer has a different theory about this. Every trainer is going to think something and say something different. But I'm very big into like, I'm not going to put my clients in any type of situation that is unsafe or something that I can't do. And, you know, it comes down to like physical ability and mobility and stuff. It's a very layered and detailed question. But when you think of it as someone who's training other people to do something, you would never put yourself in a situation that makes someone that makes you feel unsafe, right? There's a difference right. between like unsafe and uncomfortable. Right. Um, and one of my very big core values is I never want to make my clients feel unsafe. Like when we work together, it's a safe space, both like physically, mentally, and uh, emotionally. Um, yeah. So I'm not, but that is like a perfect example of, what we do in our service. Like you're never going to put your clients into a situation where it's going to make them like tank their business, you know? And, but just because you're like, that's your job doesn't mean that you, you, you're not going to hold their hand through the whole process of doing it. Exactly. And like, that's, so that's the piece like that I really feel makes it makes the the assumption harder to tackle uh-huh. because you know again I always say to people just because I look like I'm on Instagram doesn't actually mean I am like what my social first of all it's a huge it's a huge liability as a woman to literally post where you are every second of every day oh yeah oh yeah Right. Like, A, that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. I mean, for any of my murderinos listening or anyone who's as obsessed with true crime as I am, like, you know, you don't do that shit. <laughs> right. So, like, that's the first point. And, and I even do advise that with clients. Like, I've had clients who have kids and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't post that you and your kids are at this event. Like, let's post it later. Yeah. And people be like, but I want it now. Why are you? And I'm like, because I don't want people to know where you are. Yeah. So like I have a very intentional way of doing that. And like, yes, there's some value to posting in real time, but like I like to do it in stories. So it kind of goes away. Like I like to be very intentional about it. And especially if you're somebody where like you don't feel safe or whatever, like that's something to consider. So I think the problem with bartering is that our services are very intangible. And what do I mean by that? 
If you get a haircut, your hair is going to look different. Tangible service. Yeah. And it's like if you're going to go to the doctor's office, that doctor is going to – you're going to make an appointment to go at that certain time and you're not going to question, you know, what the – I mean, you might question what they have to say, but you're not going to, like, try to barter your copay with them. No. Um, yeah, bartering – I feel like earlier in my uh, in my career, when I first started, it was one of those things that I did a lot because I didn't understand my value yet. But now it's something where – like we were just having this conversation before, thinking about bartering for something. What I try to think about now is how much emotional energy is it going to take from me for the service that I have to provide and how much is it going to give me back for what I'm going to get out of it? Mm, is it going to be an like even that. exchange or is it going to be, you know, a 70, 30 pull one or the other? Um, yep. Is it going to take away from your everyday or is it going to add to your everyday? And if it adds to your everyday, is it going to stress you out? Cause it's adding to your everyday, you know? So it's thinking about more of like, the emotional aspect of it rather than the financial aspect of it. Right. And that piece, I think a lot of times we all get caught up in the financial aspect because everybody has to pay rent. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if you can, if you can look at resources holistically, so time, money, fulfillment, instead of just money, and say, like, I want to increase my resources because words have power, Mm -hmm. um, then I I think that you can count more wins. And I also think that you can get less caught up in things that drain you. Because I know for myself, I've done things for money that, like, suck my soul dry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the first thing that I think about is, like, teaching classes for, Mm. to even out for, like, a gym membership or something like that. And, I mean, it could have been, I could be talking about worse situations, but that's the first thing. And it's just, like, I remember the first time I ever realized that it wasn't worth it. I was teaching at a gym, uh, and I was making, like, $20 a class, and it was terrible. It was one of those things where like the clients literally came up to me in the middle of the class and was like, I don't like the way you're teaching this. Can we do this instead? And I left left after and they were like, oh, we need your information for your paycheck. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like I don't need the money that bad. I will never be back. Like that was a, a moment of a pivotal moment at the beginning of my career, but still in it enough to realize like, okay, I... You know, I'm valuable, my time is valuable, and shit like this is not worth it. And sometimes you have to do that thing to realize it's not worth it. But after, I feel like you really start to learn what's worth it and what's not after you've been burned like once. I agree. And I think you also get to adjust. Like we have the right to evolve and change our mind. So I think where years past certain things would not be of value to me. Like, for example, I, before this year, never got paid to post. Mm -hmm. Like any products or anything that I mentioned, I paid for the products and I just liked them. And, you know, that helped me build a genuine audience. Now, the products that I choose to get gifted or mention to this day, like, or partner with or be an affiliate for, I still like them, try them. Like, I don't just try things sight unseen to just promote them. Right. I only promote things that like align with my brand, Mm -hmm. but 
there are so many opportunities to like just promote stuff left, right, and sideways. And that doesn't align with me or my right. core values. Like I, I really firmly believe that if I don't like it and I don't try it, I'm not going to sell it. Mm-hmm. And that goes for people like too. like, I'm not going to promote you I don't like your vibe. Absolutely. Oh my God. If I hear, if you want exposure one more time, I'm going to lose my yeah. shit. Like, right. I get it. Exposure is uh, a good asset for some people, but it gets to a point where exposure isn't enough. And it's also not like a great sell for other businesses to try to, say that to someone, especially if they know, if they've really vetted out the person that they're trying to pitch to, and they know that they primarily use social media as um, their business tool to grow their business. Mm -hmm. I feel like I see exposure in an email and that's uh, like the first, like, all right, I'm not even gonna respond back to this. I agree. It's not because, but see, and that also goes with how you pitch someone that goes to the tool that I sent out via my newsletter today. Uh Um, Crystal Nose is the name of it. And it it basically goes to like people's personality types, their archetype type, their disc type, Myers-Briggs and their Enneagram. I never Uh say that one correct. But everybody has a different approach. Every human being requires a different approach. Mm -hmm. However, I think that sometimes people use, oh, I'm a free spirit too freely. Like within the bounds of business, if you want to make an appointment with me, you need to make an appointment. Like I am a very calendared person and you know that about me. Oh, I know that. (laughs) But it's like, and I can, and I have been told in the past that like, oh, you're so rigid. I'm like, no, I am streamlined for success. Like, because theoretically, if, if you wanted to meet with fucking Steve Jobs, he wasn't just going to meet you at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Right. And like, I'm not saying that I'm Steve Jobs level yet. No, but, but what why, makes you any different? You know what I mean? Right. Like, why would like, why why, people assume that it's different? And you're going to give a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer the courtesy of booking an appointment with them. Like, why? I'm a professional. Like, why should you just get to throw time right. on my calendar right. or assume that I will be available to you? Like, I, I think that that's a really big thing. And I think that that's part of this. Like, well, you know, aren't you just working all day anyway? Like, yeah, I'm working. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I'm ready to take calls. So, like, I take calls most days. Tuesday and Friday are the only days that I take calls before 1 o'clock. Yeah. And most days I take calls, like, after 4. Right. Because that's my time to talk. Like, I want to use my morning time for me. And I find that there are so many people who don't have to justify. So again, this could just be something that I am still working through, past trauma from past jobs that I am still working through, which I think bartering has Mm -hmm. a lot of triggers for me for so many reasons. But even if it is past trauma, like, there's a lesson here. And it might just be a lesson for me. But the lesson is like, right. A, why is your time more valuable than mine? And B, why do only some people get to define the value of their time and other people yeah, and other are people not have to given like, that right have to like fight for it by a mass group and then of feel bad about it when putting out those boundaries. Right. And I feel like that's a whole other conversation right. that we could say for another podcast. Um, but yeah, it's uh it really still when people push those like the try to do the barter thing in not a how do I say this 
I want to say human. I can't think of the word, but like if someone's doing it in a way to not benefit both people and just benefit them, it still blows my mind that it happens. But I, yes, yes, thank you. That's the word that I'm looking for. Manipulative um, and almost, you're welcome. It's one of those things that I think that we'll always have to deal with as entrepreneurs. But I think the more that we, feel comfortable within ourselves and know ourselves and know our products, the less it would work us up, you know? Right. So how do you stay calm? Oh, well, first I don't, I lose my shit real quick, but then (laughs) because I am, uh, I'm a (laughs) reactor. I try to be, Uh, I I know I'm naturally a reactive person and that's something that I am working on. Blame it on being Italian, blame it on whatever, but I'm a natural reactive person. So I try to have my own little reaction and then sit back and think on it and count on it and then go back to the whole, okay, is this emotionally, how much energy am I going to have to put it? What, number one, would this even be worth it? It does this even like align with my business and my core values and what I want. And number two, how much emotional energy am I going to have to spend on it? And how much am I going to get out of it? Yeah. I love that. I think that I like the emotional part. Now, I think that's the other part of Mm -hmm. like being in your early 30s versus being in your 20s is that like you kind of learn that you have the right to to reserve your response. Like I always felt this pressure to like give an answer, give an answer. And now I'm in this space where I'm like, you know Yeah, what? well, it goes I back to like what we were just talking about earlier, it. like wanting to find, like trying to get like an away message for uh, text messages. But then it's something that I find mm-hmm. myself having to remind myself, like I don't have to answer texts right away just because my phone is on me and because right. maybe I'm looking right. at it in between clients, like something that I'm trying – to really, really hone into for myself and my boundaries is, you know, I have six clients back to back in my mornings within that. I, oh, I have 10 minutes and that's 10 minutes to get ready for the next client. That's 10 minutes to like go to the bathroom. If I have to like take a drink of water, chug a third coffee. Like I'm constantly trying to remind myself, like if I get a text during one of my sessions, it doesn't mean that I have to text that person back in those 10 minutes. I'm trying to be very conscious about not sending texts back or emails back until I'm done because then that also like takes away from my clients that I'm with too. And that's not fair. That's not right. But that's a constant reminder. Right. Do you, so uh, you have a Gmail based email. Do you ever, have you ever considered or have you ever batched all your emails like the, at night or in the morning to send like later in so the day? What so I while do, you're working, they automatically um, send? when it comes to emails, I try and just keep them on like certain days, like Mondays are my content creation day. But, and this mm. is something that I've newly like tweaked within my schedule. If I get emails over the weekend, I don't respond to those emails first thing Monday morning. I was, and I realized that that was causing me more anxiety because I felt like it was like dipping into my creation time. So what I do is I set a time for myself that I answer Mm. those emails. So it's like after five on Monday, 
is when I answer emails. So it's total opposite of what you know you would Love think. That. But I try to keep my email responses on Mondays and also Wednesdays because Wednesdays are super fucking packed for me. Like I have clients all day and answering emails, if it doesn't mm. take a lot of brain work, I'll do it off. But if it's an email that I really need to like sit and dig into, I'll save it for another day. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, so I recently started a similar practice, um, which is that I have dedicated blocks. So I've yeah. always done this where I have like dedicated time to work out. And then I even go so far as to block mm -hmm. time in my calendar to like shower, do my hair, do my makeup, because th that's still my time. Like years ago, I would take a call while I was blowing out my hair or take a call while I was doing makeup. And like, I don't want to do that. I want to start my morning right. with my brain going, listening to my podcast, listening to music. Like I want my morning yeah. to kind of flow in a very specific light way. And I have noticed, now this is something I've been doing really intentionally this year. So let's say for six weeks, I've noticed that it makes a huge difference. The other thing that I did was like in our business, we're always generating leads. We're always doing new business calls. We're always doing that stuff. But I really focused on like, this is the mm -hmm. block of time. Like we record this podcast every Tuesday. And that is something that really helps me stay connected because I'm like, okay, this is when this is happening. Now I have a block of time to edit it on Thursday and get the assets ready and then put it out on Friday-ish. But like, yeah. we're, it takes time to get into the flow and you have to be like kind to yourself for that too. But I find that like, instead of last night I got home really late because I had like meetings and whatever. Then I got mm -hmm. home and I was like, oh, I could be doing. And then I'm like, no, that time is blocked tomorrow. So I'm experimenting with this for the rest of February where like I literally do what I have on my calendar as it comes up, even all the way down uh -huh. to like two hours on Sundays for meal prep <laughs> and then kind of see where I can add a little bit of spontaneity back into my like weekends or my week or whatever. Like I don't want, I've been in the yeah. place where I've been so regimented and I don't want to get back to that. But I do think that there's value Absolutely. to saying like, Absolutely. no, and this you know is what my I think time is really helpful this. too, is being transparent about that. Like with your clients, with the people, like when it comes, when I think about like the, my business clients that I work with, they know when I'm reviewing their work, they know the designated days that I'm going to get back to them. So they're yeah. also in the clear about, you know, if they text me on, you know, six o'clock on a Friday, they know they're not going to get a response from me. Like if they need something done for the week, the next week, they'll get it done to me at a certain time. So there's something really important about being transparent too, with the people that you're working with. And more yep. than not, people respect the shit out of that and they appreciate that. Who? You know the only people who I have I was yep, respect I was that? thinking that. Fucking men. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to put in my contracts uh -huh. that I will respond within 48 business hours and mm -hmm. all emails sent over the weekend will be responded to by Tuesday. Yeah. Because I am a highly transparent person, <laughs> a highly honest person, and I can't tell you the amount of fucking pushback I got. What do you I, mean? What I wish I, I could say weekend? that surprises me, but it Not doesn't available. at all. 
Right. So I have started to uh-huh. kind of do the like on a need to know basis, but I do really think that there is value to having these conversations. And that's why we have this get platform, because these are conversations that we wouldn't necessarily have on our individual platforms, on our business platforms. But these are conversations that we are passionate about, that we believe and that, you know, we want to bring to the table to you. So after you listen to this, like, I really want to know what your practices are when it comes to managing your own expectations and managing the expectations of the people you work with and for. Because even in a quote-unquote corporate job, Mm -hmm. like I used to, I hate eating at my desk. I love, when I was working like in-house full-time, I like to run on, like in the summer, especially winter, it's hard, but like I'll even do this for myself now. Uh I like to have two or three days a week where I go for a run at lunch because it re-energizes me more than a cup of coffee. And like my lunch ranges anywhere from 12 o'clock to two o'clock, right? So like, even if I'm, you know, like running over to the pool to go to a swim or whatever, like I, I used to literally go to Equinox and then I would shower sometimes, sometimes I wouldn't, but I like to take, (laughs) I know, gross. I like to take that hour. Right. I like to take the hour. I would, I always changed. I always changed. I made sure I didn't have smelly clothes on the subway. You don't want to be the smelly um, girl. Because I don't want to be the smelly girl. So, yeah. but like, that's still my time. Like, I like to have that time. And, you know, I have a lot of people who are always like, oh, let's meet for lunch. No, like, and that's another thing. I have people who have been asking me to do in-persons and my in-persons for quarter one are extremely limited. And people are like, well, no, that's my time. Like, uh-uh. That's anyway. like when like, people no, ask me to work out. Like, time. Sorry, workouts are my time. That's like the one time that I get to work out by myself. I think we should do a whole episode mm-hmm. talking about um, the, can I pick your brain and can I buy you coffee question? Yeah, put it in the notes, put it in the notes. And going back to what Vix just said about wanting to know your practices, like we want to know your practices and I think it would be really interesting to hear what practices you found didn't work for you or what practices you found kind of like fell off after a little bit and what they either evolved to or what you were just like, you know what, this isn't working for me because that's something that you have the power to say too. You have the power to say, this isn't working for me. Thank you for getting into it with me as always. We'll see you guys soon.